0: Welcome to No More Small Talk. I'm your host, musical artist, entrepreneur, and mom of two, Benita Jones. And today we'll be speaking with guest conversationalist, Dr. Drew. And we're talking about all things self care. Dr. Drew Pinsky, known nationally as Dr. Drew, has been a fixture both on television and radio for the entirety of his multifaceted career. His work as a doctor of internal medicine and addiction specialist and prolific broadcaster has imbued him with the rare ability to examine any issue through the lenses of practical experience, scientific evidence and pragmatism. Dr. Drew's career path has provided him with the reasoned perspective required to thoughtfully examine any number of topics, and he is uniquely qualified to offer perspectives on matters relating to cultural and political trends, social issues, religion, sex, and health. Big conversationalists, will you do me a favor and put your hands together and welcome our guest today, Dr. Drew. Well, let's get started. I'm a gospel artist, and I'm a mom of two. I'm divorced, and I'm getting ready to start this podcast called No More Small Talk. And so the goal of having you on today is really just to kind of talk through some of the things that are uh, challenges that we're facing in society today, things that we can do to keep ourselves healthy mentally, physically, and keep our outlook one that is hopeful rather than one that is... Dismal, dismal.
1: Oh, honey, I am so with you. The the hair stands up in the back of my neck. When I, when you when you say, How are we going to stay healthy in today's world? I just think, oh, for goodness sakes. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just it's, so challenging now.
0: It is challenging. And and the first thing that I want to ask you actually is a veer off to the right. Please. Um, and that is you're a medical doctor, trained and licensed and all of those different things. And now you're a media mogul. How did or when did the light bulb go off that said, you know, I think that what I'm doing here in the hospital, more people can benefit from that on a national or even global scale? When did that happen for you?
1: It's an interesting question. So, So my involvement in the media started in 1984, actually 1983. And I was just beginning to work most of my days in the HIV pandemic of the time and I was listening to one Anthony Fauci at the time who was telling us young physicians to get out there and educate, get in the media, create narratives, help people understand how they need to change their behavior. And I took that very seriously. And I had an, an opportunity to go on a radio show one night and I was just blown away by the potential of radio to have positive impact. I mean, the people were coming to this radio show in the middle of the night with all kinds of question, medical questions. I mean, this is where they were bringing their most uh, sort of tender issues. I thought, I got to keep coming back. And and I asked if I could, and I kept sort of volunteering for the next 10 years. So one night a week, I just did radio. It was fun and interesting. I met a lot of interesting people. But I really thought then that that was a community service that I needed to do. And it sort of took on a life of its own. and became a big part of my life all of a sudden. In like the early 90s, it became a nightly show. And then it became a syndicated show. And then it became a television show. And the whole while I was, you know, I didn't use, I didn't identify myself. I didn't use my last name. I didn't want anybody to really know I was doing it. I just wanted to do it and not be seen as somehow promoting myself or anything as a result of it. And even when we started doing Loveline and MTB, I was like, look, you got to leave me alone to practice medicine. I've got Friday afternoon and Saturday afternoon. You can have that. That's it. Otherwise, I'm, I'm I can't, am i I'm too busy. And and that's so sort of how, how it went for many years where I was just very reluctant. I just was like, hey, we'll do this. Let's try it. It's an exploration. I think it could do some good. Let's try it. But around 2010, I found myself with a daytime talk show when we were doing celebrity rehab, and then I had a show on HLN. I was like, oh, my God. You have to – I had to look in the mirror and really say, okay, it's okay. You can admit to yourself you're doing television, you're doing media – you can let go of some of the medical practice. You've done it for 30 years and just start to focus on the media. And so that's what I've been doing since 2011, 2012, something like that.
0: So, are you completely all in on the media side now and no? No,
1: no. I practice medicine regularly. I I don't do I don't run an addiction program, which used to take up a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of addiction consulting, but I don't do, run a program any longer. So, so yeah. So now I'm really trying to figure out ways to use media and use digital platforms, much like you're doing, to yes. to do something good. It is it is a new day, and yes. I think this stuff can have real impact. And I'm so glad you're doing this. I mean, you're you're exactly who I want to see out there thinking about things and and you know poking at stuff try to figure this stuff out I, people like me they've heard from for too long I want to hear from people like Bonita
0: <laughs> well thank you so much for that and I think it's important to show people that you know you can get into a career of doing one thing and there are other avenues that will yeah. open up to you once you get into your purpose once you get into your life's work and what you're called to do it's just a matter of uh, walking through those doors, hearing that need and, you know, meeting that need, having a thought to say, hey, here's something that I can do to help people. It's still in my field. I'm still working medicine. I'm just helping more people.
1: Yes, yes. And and the idea of walking through doors of, is really the right approach because people are always sort of think that somehow I had some sort of blueprint or I intended or a plan. No. I, a door would open. I'd go, well, I think there's something interesting on the other side there. I think I could do something good there. It's kind of scary, but I'll give it a shot. And uh, yeah, and that's sort of how it's always been. It's And I think I think it's a little more deliberate right now because we're trying to create platforms and, you know, but it's, I, I feel like it's a little more proactive, but it's still an, ex- a, an improvisation and experimentation. Oh,
0: I love that. And I think that more people need to hear that it is experimentation, it's improvisation because yeah. they do think, you know, well, you had these doors open for you or you knew this person mm-hmm. and oh that, no, I
1: oh no. no, no, no,
0: great, just, uh, you know, I woke up one morning and this kind of fell in my lap and I said, Do I want to try it or don't I? And I just kind of jumped in it and this is the result of it. So oh, thank yeah, you I'm for asking good. for answering that question, rather. You bet. You bet. Today is self-care Sunday. I'm dubbing it self-care Sunday. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Dr. Drew, what is what are some things that we can do as a community of people to kind of keep ourselves above the the riffraff, if you if you would, of social media, news all the time, the news cycles Mm -hmm. and just the Mm -hmm. bad language of (sighs) what's happening in society on a daily basis now. There are mass shootings, there's the pandemic still going on, there's social unrest and trauma. And when I say trauma, I'm talking about the Black American experience in the in the United States of, you know, gun violence and, and police violence and all of that stuff that we face every single day, personal illness and deaths of loved ones over the last year at an exponential rate. What is something that we can do to take care of ourselves mentally
1: except for all that (laughs) (laughs) other than all those things Uh, (laughs) well unfortunately i don't think it's going to be easy i don't think it's going to be easy right now but i do think we need to re-entrench in the things that always work for human beings which are relationships Mm-hmm. And some sort of, well, relationships, service, and some sort of spiritual life. Those okay. are the things that give people meaning. Now, you particularly, now, I could get, I will probably get into that in a second, but you, you raised a really interesting point, though, which is the, the trauma and the intergenerational trauma and the trauma perpetrated on Black Americans. I, I think it's time to get as explicitly honest with that as people can possibly get. And try to really think about how we can acknowledge that, understand it, understand where it's coming from, understand why when there are echoes in today's world, it's so profoundly disturbing. And think about two things, how we can do things differently so we don't create those echoes. And then how do we heal the trauma, right? Two things, got to do both. You You can't do one or the other. You got to do both. And I don't think people are in on the conversation all the way. They're too busy not understanding each other or not hearing each other and, and expressing anger and frustration and spite and all, all the all the all the stuff that if you're a person that reads scriptures, whatever religion you're from, the scripture warns us about all those things right. constantly. That that there's lots of I guess warning would be the right word or or admonitions about these emotions that humans have that are right. destructive. And so, when it comes to things like spite and envy, right, which are about cutting other people down, the way we do that, there's actually neurobiological data on this now, we treat each other like objects. Well, right. it's literally, a part of our brain that's associated with human connectedness kind of shut down, and this object area turns on. Literally, the brain is saying that's an object, not a human. Mm-hmm. We can't, we can't cave into that any longer. And and one of the key ways, and this has been shown since the 1950s, to ameliorate that and to reduce stigma and to reduce stereotyping, right? all those negative things we do to each other. Contact. We must reach out to people different, everybody. We must just be reaching out to everybody and, and one another uh, all the time. The more contact, the more diverse, the more interesting, the more not like you, whatever that means, the better. And I, I'm including people in the streets. I'm including people with illnesses. I'm, I just, we have to make contact with each other in a, in a deep way. And oftentimes when you do that, you'll find yourself wanting to be of service, which is really, and for me, that's where a spiritual piece comes in. So that's the, it's, it's an easy thing to say. It, it's a hard thing to do. And, and then there's another layer, which is the layer of real shared experience, which is, you know, as I was saying, your relationships, your service and your spiritual, whatever that is for you. The relationship part needs to be real. People need to listen to each other with their whole bodies and spend time doing that uh, and reflecting back and forth to each other because that's how our brains grow and that's how we regulate uh, emotions in the face of all these unpleasant things you just listed that don't seem to be going away fast. We we seem to, they're they're, they're dissipating, they're not going away. And so I live in hopes that they will, <laughs> and they will quickly. But in the meantime, it's about being being with each other and feeling felt in the presence of one another.
0: That's interesting that you say that, especially during this time, because we're so encouraged to social distance. Well, that's that's
1: actually one of, you're absolutely correct. And that's one of the things that I, I think we're now in a time when we understand you can be outside and you can contact and you can be in connectedness. And I'm also surprised how much Zoom meetings have done for us. I, I would not have predicted they would have been they would have been as effective as they were in staying connected and people in 12-step meetings and things and church meetings that were able to have decent connectedness through it. But it only goes so far. We need bodies in space. We need real connectedness. Uh and out of doors in most places, particularly vaccinated people, particularly wearing masks you're in pretty good shape these days but it it is it is why i was so gravely concerned about some of the lockdowns and mm-hmm. and i'm still worried to 8 to 15 year olds what we've done to them and their social development it's just oh, they're going to work very hard to catch up
0: yes i'm a mother of two girls 15 and 13 mm. and we stayed at home last semester for school. We did in-home schooling. And then when I noticed how much of a drag it was on them and how drastically they changed in their mood and in Isn't their, I That's said, something. I've got to find a way to allow them to go back to in-person school. And it definitely this semester, I've seen a big change in their morale. We're still working on those grades. They're still trying to bounce back from, you know, right. You but know, for things,
1: right? I mean, yeah. my gosh.
0: Um, yeah, but it's been a really trying time. Do you think that we'll ever get back to what we know as normal?
1: Well, I'm uh sort of a crazy optimist, right? So, so I I, I don't know what normal is anymore. <laughs> I'm sort and, and and I'm, I'm sort of to that out. And I'm sort of believe that things move forward in kind of a Hegelian way. This is a famous philosopher that had this idea that there was a a thesis, an antithesis, and then a synthesis. You know, things things go back and forth. I I I'm not a pendulum guy so much as I think things get get together. Good things come out of both movements and we come together with the best parts. So I do think there will be a new normal that will be better. I just I'm just an optimist that way. Mm-hmm. But it's not gonna be without a lot of work and a lot of treachery and a lot of concern. And that that age group, you know, maybe this will have some deep impact on young people like your 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 daughters and will have sort of a profound motivating effect on them so I, I, if we can find a way to convert it into something positive you you know usually when humans go through some drastic experiences they usually find at least learn they at least right. learn if not find something good to to bring about so That's, I'm, I'm praying
0: i'm praying too <laughs> <So>. <laughs> because this has really been a year I think the last thing that I want to ask you, what can we do to get active, get moving? A lot of people, I hear a lot of people talking about the COVID-30. We've mm-hmm. sat in front of our televisions and watched the news or watched Netflix. The worst, the we've worst. We've been eating and yep, we we've have gotten been. fat.
1: Yeah, How we have. And um, here's the here is the simple advice, eat less, move more. <laughs> and so, but, but having said that, I think most, I, I think carbohydrates are more of an enemy than we know. I know they are in my own personal biology, and I've had to really cut them out as much as I possibly could. So cutting out carbohydrates is a sustainable way to diet. And of course, balance and lots of vegetables. And, and you know, people may have specific feelings about animal proteins and things, but protein, protein, protein. And then pay attention to calories. But then in terms of moving, I always have said, you know, because I have I practiced medicine a long time. And I am very luckily one of these people that really enjoys exercise. I'm not in the majority. Most people either don't like it or hate it. So what I always tell people to get people going is I don't care which exercise you choose. Do the one you will do. The one you don't hate. The one you will do. And and these days... You can multitask so much. It can be a study hall. I mean, you could be listening to podcasts. You can listen to Beneath every week. You can, you could, right? You can be really, it can be very much of a growing experience while you do your walk or your run or your weightlifting. Now, I'm having given that broad brush. I, I, I do believe in a, in a balanced approach to exercise where you should be both doing some aerobic, some sort of something exertional for a period of time and some resistance training. I, I think you do do both. But again, how long you do each, that's up to each person. If you can put in 30 minutes a day of some combination of those, you're doing pretty good. Get the carbohydrates out, you're going to lose weight. You're going to sleep better and feel better.
0: Yeah, and that's good for for your mental oh.
1: Beyond, beyond. Uh, people, people do not appreciate how much our biological state determines our affect and our um, sort of more global. So, you know, well, Aristotle had a term called eudaimonia, which is sort of flourishing or well-being. And then to a large extent, that's about friends, about relationships, about service, about make, living a good life. It's about being in a certain biological stage. You have to feel good enough to do all those things. And when we are hiding in place, scared to death, that is not a good biological condition for us to be in. You need need to break out of that.
0: Self-care in some shape or form should be a major part of our everyday lives. I've got my marching orders today regarding taking better care of myself. And I hope all of you did, too. Whether it's sitting down for a heart to heart with a loved one, connecting with someone new, or doing some restorative work around your health, my challenge to you is that you do something today that lifts your spirits. A walk out in nature, a relaxing afternoon with a good book, a good old exercise session to get those endorphins going. Do what you have to do to ensure you aren't just existing, but you're flourishing. Right here in the middle of everything that's going on in the world, there is a choice set before us. That choice is in everything we do. That choice is life or death. Choose life. I'm Benita Jones, and this has been No More Small Talk. Thank you to my guest today, Dr. Drew Pinsky, for not shying away from the bigger conversations. Follow me on all social media platforms at Benita Jones Live and join me again for meaningful connections and big conversations real soon.